Peace and thank you, family, for tuning into Creative Habits Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Anthony. And I'm your co-host, Indigo. We're based in Washington, D.C. with leading discussions on topics surrounding pop culture, business, lifestyle, and art with an occasional guest appearance within the creative and entrepreneurial industry. What's up, beautiful people? Welcome to another episode of Creative Habits Podcast. We welcome you. How you doing today, my love? I'm well. How are you doing today? I can't complain. So we have a very interesting topic to speak about. Um, really strange phenomenon that goes on on this blue planet we call Earth. That's right. So I'm sure everybody's already heard about the Bermuda Triangle, Mm -hmm. also known as the Devil Triangle. It is an urban legend focused on a loosely defined region in the western part of the North Atlantic. Um, This is a space where a lot of planes avoid due to previous planes going missing suddenly. This is where uh, Amelia Earhart um, plane disappeared. Crazy. Yeah. (laughs) So I wanted to bring that up as an introduction because we kind of have an idea of what that is, or you've heard of Bermuda Triangle, but there are more strange phenomenons in different locations. Mm -hmm. So we just wanted to bring a few of those up. The first one is in Zimbabwe. Mount Nyangani is the highest mountain in Zimbabwe. The mountain is located with Nyanga. National Park in Yanga District, about 110 kilometers northwest of Mutare. Mount Yangani is a sacred place and inhabited by the spirits of their ancestors. It is also said to be inhabited by spirits and supernatural beings. Mm. Locals and tourists, when going to the Mount Yangani, all report that they have experienced strange phenomena. So phenomenon like um, phones going missing, uh, photos will not display correctly, the weather turns strange and unpredictable, thick fog appears anywhere around the pedestrians as if it was stalking them or, you know, other things like missing cases and stuff like that. Yeah. So the the number one... <laughs> specific strange phenomena is that people go missing Mm. and most if not all the locals know to stay away from specific places of Nyangani mountains that tourists are attracted to and most of those tourists or some of those tourists um, and maybe young children or teenagers that are going up in the mountains Mm. go missing so there's the whole mountain isn't like strange phenomena, just specific places within that mountain site get strange. Well, um, Yangani is actually a sacred place. Mm. Um, so I don't know specifically if the entire place <laughs> mm-hmm. is um, considered to be somewhere you stay away from. Obviously, you do have locals that live there, so there could be places mm-hmm. that you just know where you can be. And where you should avoid. Mm-hmm. And one of the tourist attractions are in the area of where people have reported to, uh, reportedly gone missing. Very so the higher strange. you go, the stranger it appears or gets. Mm. Very strange. So I wanted to talk about some of the missing cases. 
Um, the most recent was uh, Zaid Dada, who is a 31-year-old um, Zimbabwean tourist of Indian descent. In the early morning of January 4th, 2014, Dada went up the mountain with his wife and another couple, and since then, no one has seen him. So they were, you know, hiking up the mountain. The wife and the other couple that were with them mm. had gone tired after a while. Mm. Dada decided to go ahead without them. They never heard it from him. That was a bad <laughs> idea, right? Too. They never heard from him you after never that. never leave the group. Right. You never leave the group. So he, they got tired of climbing the mountain, right? Mm-hmm. And he said, you know what, guys, you chill here. I'm going to go up and see what what else is out there. He walks up. Something mysteriously happens. Did they go search for him? They He had family from almost every continent. Mm. And they flew into Zimbabwe to help look for him, along with the military. Mm-hmm. Apparently, um, there was a huge search, and no one was able to locate him. Now, I have heard um, from what I've been reading of different articles and other people having discussions about it on YouTube is that a lot of the cases that go missing, they have an option to get consultation or support from spiritual workers mm-hmm. of Nyangani Mountains. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people opt out of it because it's an African spiritual practice. So spiritual work, what is that um, defined as? Spiritual work, um, I guess, connecting with those on the other side mm-hmm. and offering, what is it called, like a peace offering or mm-hmm. <laughs> um, a fair trade. Not maybe not a trade, but saying, okay, you have our people. What can we do to get them back? To get them back, mm-hmm. and so. There are requirements, I know, with certain spiritual work. Sometimes it is of monetary value. So I do think that hinders others from taking it seriously Mm -hmm. because they're like, okay, well, why do we need to pay you if you can just do the work Mm -hmm. and be done with it? So, um, yeah, there's there's something, there's some sort of sacred process that happens. I can't tell you specifically what it would be, but they have the ability to reach the other side and have that person return back. That's very strange, very interesting. (laughs) Um, So similarly, a 20-year-old British tourist named Thomas Gaysford disappeared while exploring Mount Yangani in November 2014. Mm. Thomas Gaysford himself reached the top of Mount Yanga. However, around 3 p.m., Gaysford saw a thick fog descending on the mountain and seemed to want to engulf him. And he quotes... I prayed and slept for about 10 hours. Some scary snakes approached me. I didn't do anything to irritate them. I saw bloodshot eyes staring at me. The guests wanted to measure my nerves. I'm still confident I can handle it. The next day, when the fog cleared, I woke up and climbed down the mountain as fast as possible. That kind of reminds me of this film that we watched a while back by Stephen King called The Mist. Do you remember that one? Vaguely. Um, So a strange fog came in on this town, and people who would go out into the fog would get snatched up. So a group of people ran into this uh, supermarket or grocery store or whatever, and they lived in there for a minute. But 
they went back. Whoever they ran out of food eventually, so they went to search for more food. But every time the fog or the mist would arrive, or they would go into the the, the mist, something would snatch them up. Mm. And spoiler alert: it came out, you know, early two thousands, but. They were like creatures within this mist. They hid in the mist. And for some reason, the government was doing experiments on opening like different dimensions. And once they opened this dimension on this town, this invited creatures from who knows where to this town. And they just started snatching people up. Crazy. So one key thing that Gainsford has said was that... He saw snakes, Mm. but strange, colorful-looking snakes. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the locals um, apparently had shared that if you see colorful snakes or a pot of gold, it is a trap. Like a leprechaun pot of gold? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Not only that, but it's like strange sounds. And people have also reported that they see movement Mm -hmm. or human form-like Creatures that are the trees, like the trees somehow turn into moving objects. It sounds like or, a fairy tale, right? To be honest, <laughs> most but, local. I'm sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Most local tribes often tell stories of angry wandering spirits, forbidden zones where souls are confined. The tribal elders have long warned that the mountain's rules must be followed, or not, and not to anger the spirits guard. Guarding the sanctuary. Hmm. So, do you have any like, since you're from Zimbabwe, do you have any like um, local um, stories or local hearsay that happens within that mountain? Because I'm not sure how far Harare is away is from that mountain. It's far, but close enough to drive. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's the equivalent of going from. Capitol Heights to Baltimore before it turns into a different part of Maryland. Oh, so D.C. to Baltimore? Probably. Okay. About 30, 45 Not city drive. Baltimore, but maybe like <laughs> suburban. Yeah, Baltimore County. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Almost lost my train of thought, but it's come back. So you asked me about a local occurrence. Well, these all happened, and it was very much reported in the news, mm-hmm. um, the, the 2014 occurrences. But prior to that, uh, there was a boy that went missing, a Zimbabwean boy, who had went missing during a school trip on the mountains. And so those that were on the school trip were from somewhere else in Zimbabwe and took the school trip to go check out the mountains. Mm-hmm. However, they didn't have a guide, which now is a requirement. You must have a local guide to mm-hmm. take you around. Mm-hmm. They lose this boy. He ends up missing. Everybody looks for him. He's never found. It was so bad that his teacher had to take his own life because he felt like it was his fault that he got lost. Jeez. That's uh, Another f- story from the early 80s, um, which was huge because this person was a pretty much the family was a pretty much high profile family Mm. and so they had uh twin sisters Mm. that were literally walking behind their parents and all of a sudden they turn around and they're gone still have not been found so it seems like whatever is attracting these people likes kids 
And it seems like they never take more than two, one or two people at a time. It's always one or two people that they take snapshot. Or that it's whatever, whatever is, is attracting these. And I'm thinking, is it snatched up or because with the the girls, mm. the spiritual workers had said the girls are there. The girls are still alive. So they're just in a, a place where they, they're there, but they just can't see them. Exactly. So that brings me up to another story that I was listening to. I don't know if it's factual or just, you know, mm-hmm. rumors develop over time. But there was someone who came back and was saying that they did see people searching for him. Mm-hmm. But he couldn't say, hey, I'm right here. They're like, we could see you guys looking for us, but we couldn't reach to you. Mm-hmm. We couldn't see, like, we couldn't connect with you, but we saw you guys, like, looking for us. And these, well, I think it was two or one, I don't remember it was two or one person, but he was saying how... I could I can hear you guys calling my name. I could see you guys in the forest. Mm-hmm. But they said he was missing for a long time, like months. And he said he only felt like he was missing for four days. So time, whatever in this dimension, times work. Time works differently. Yeah, if it is in a different dimension. And it seems like they phase out. They phase into. Um, this reminds me of a um, a quick story that I was listening to on a podcast, or it might have been something I was reading. I don't know. Yeah. But there was this family who were going on a road trip down Route 66 or whatever, right? And I think it was like three or four people in the car, and they were driving down this road. And um, they got sidetracked, so they went down this, this dirt road. Mm-hmm. And as they were driving... I believe they said the radio was um, switching stations or whatnot without anyone touching it. So the mm-hmm. radio started switching stations. Um, the road started started to look different, and time st- would would slow down just a little bit. Like time wasn't moving like it was. And by the time they got to the end of the road, um, they went to a local gas station or a gas station that like one of those gas station chains let's just say Exxon or something and the Exxon sign looked extremely different like the color was different Um, people were a little different and the whole explanation is that they went through this portal and traveled into a similar but different reality or dimension that was they still had the same Exxon but the 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 sign was different people were a little unusual so they said hey we might as well gas up and go back so they went back and they went down the same road that they came down um drove down um the radio started acting funny and by the time they got to the other side, things looked a little um, regular, I guess. But it was still different. So, they, I believe that they never really got back to the dimension or the reality <laughs> that they're from. 
to it every they time. They kept going back so many times. They probably <laughs> went, yeah. Kept so going they to the they went back and went to an, a, another diff, like another layer of the cake. You know, another layer of the onion, if if you want to say that. But it was it was extremely weird and extremely strange to hear that story. Talk about strange. <laughs> yeah, that's really strange. Yeah, um, it makes me think about a lot. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that is connecting me to, and this might be so far, far, far from what it is, but sleep paralysis, mm-hmm. where you don't have control of what's going on, but you see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. That sensation of feeling like you can't wake up, but you know you're awake. Mm. The same thing with the story I was telling you about the guy on the mountain where he's like, I see you guys, but I couldn't like yeah. scream out and say, hey, I'm right here because you wouldn't hear me. Same with your time traveling or different dimension story with them driving. Like, you think you're pre- like, are you dreaming? Are you awake? <laughs> I don't know. I Okay. So our body is made of trillions and trillions of cells, right? And these cells vibrate at a specific frequency so my hand doesn't pass through you, so I could physically see you at this spectrum. This table vibrates at a specific frequency, right? So what if we pass through something, let's just say a doorway, that changes our frequency Oh, so slightly. Mm-hmm. So our cells vibrated at different frequency. Maybe that's the reason why the guy said, I can see you. I can hear you calling out, but you couldn't see me. Maybe his cells changed. Oh, so slightly. I'm not a scientist. I'm just, you know, just putting this out there that no one can see him on the other side of that door. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel... I f- part of me believes these stories, right? Mm-hmm. But then there's another part of me is like, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I don't want to be freaked out that there's a possibility that you have the ability to be somewhere else mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. without electing yourself to be there. <laughs> you know? Yeah. There's a, um, another... Well, I w- wouldn't say similar story, but um, no, it's kind of similar. Um, how do you say it? Okogare? Okoka. The mountain in Japan? Aokigara. Aokigara, the sea of trees. Um, it's a mountain in, um, it's a forest of Mount Fiji in Japan, right? Um, on the island of Honsu in Japan. Um, so... This is the famous suicide forest. Ayoki Gahara, excuse me. <laughs> so, Japanese people, well, certain Japanese people have been going to this forest to commit suicide for thousands of years, starting in, in ancient samurai. You know, they would um, perform, um, what's it called again? When they would kill themselves. But they would perform um, these different things, like when they feel like they dishonored 
um, their master or dishonored their family. And, you know, um, it's on the tip of my tongue. I can't, I forgot what it was called. But it's been going on since early Japan. You got it? Seppuku. Seppuku. There you go. Seppuku. Wahara Kiri. Um, there you go. So, um, sto- the story is that there is a historical representation, uh, reputation um, as the home to ghosts. That's what it's called. Um, so, it's the suicide forest um, since... 2003 this is they discovered 105 bodies in the forest exceeding the previous record of 78 in 2002 um in 2010 the police recorded more than 200 people have attempted attempted suicide in the forest of whom 54 completed um suicides are said to increase during the march Mm. year i wonder why march What's right. the season? Right. So um, after two, 2011, they just stopped um, recording the, the suicides there. Mm-hmm. But it seems like a hot spot for paranormal activities. A lot of people go to this specific place at a specific time of the year to commit a, a horif- horrific act. Of you know taking themselves out. Have you researched whether or not it's intentional or unintentional? I think it's both. Mm. My theory is that something caused them to go there and commit that act, or you know they're overworked. There's a very strict work um, culture in Japan. Mm-mm. You know, and a lot of people are working 50, 60, 80, 105 hours out of the week to, you know, reach a certain level in their society. And a lot of that stuff can break people down. So they commit these horrific acts or if they feel like they have failed themselves or failed their families and dishonored, you know, blah, blah, blah. They go to that force and commit that act. But why, my question is, why that specific place and why in March? Because could, could those summarize that we're doing it as a sign of acknowledging, dishonoring whoever mm. was around March? <laughs> I don't know. Or, you know, like what if it's just, a, you know, something that ends up happening because it just historically happened? It could be a lot of different factors. I it could be a coincidence or it cannot. Right. Maybe it's Who not. Knows? You know, it's just, um, I just thought it was interesting and kind of like a similar story to um, the mountain in Zimbabwe, the forest in Zimbabwe. Um, there's a lot of stories and fables about forests around the world that, that just swallows people. Right. And, and attracts people to come in and, you know, just... just I, I don't know. Or marine life that swallows people, mm-hmm. which is something that we can discuss, you know, maybe make a part two about it. Yeah. Because that's another thing that is a strange phenomenon. Mm-hmm. How does every single culture have a representation of a mermaid, specifically on the continent of Africa? 
Yeah. Every single African country has a story about a mermaid. Pirates throughout the, the, the Caribbean. Yeah. Um, and in Europe, there's a bunch of different stories of mm-hmm. that. You know, um, it's just a lot of the stuff that are stories now and fables and and Disney stories that they show us now. Maybe they're just echoes of some truth that happened back then. I believe it. Also, just because we can't see something, it doesn't mean it's not there. Hmm. Maybe just because our eyes do not have a direct link to whatever that plate. Like, honestly, like, there are so many things I feel like are also living amongst us, but we can't see it. Maybe because we're not vibrating at that certain frequency. <laughs> that could be a possibility, right? Because there was another story about um, in Central America, mm-hmm. um, in the mountains of Machu Picchu, I think that's where it's at. I don't know, but they have a doorway that leads to nowhere, mm-hmm. like a big megalithic um, door that only a giant can build. But on the other side of that door is rock. Cement, but they have stories about how um, beings would open that doorway and travel from some somewhere else. What if we're traveling telepathically and not physically? I think that is a possibility, but I think physically as well. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that's a possibility only because I know with spiritual rituals how do people go into trances or get possessed by Mm. another spirit if they are unable to telepathically be in a different realm Mm -hmm. or maybe physically because their body is reacting to that thing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. on a spiritual level those who catch the holy ghost like what is that Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. where are you like what is that feeling like I think in pop culture as well, they show us what's going on, but it goes goes over our head because they label it science fiction and this and that. Mm-hmm. You when know, it's actually our reality. When it's actually fact. Mm, interesting. You know, they just feed us a little bit at a time. There was a show that I used to love to watch from the science fiction show called Stargate. Um, I probably spoke about it a thousand times, but um, these advanced beings created these gates that had specific um, coordinates or area codes. And depending on what you plug in, that's where it takes you. Mm. So they spread it. They spread these gates all over the universe, you know, from the farthest reaches of the universe to the closest reaches. And the government found these gates and they had a specific, you know, like there's NASA or Air Force or Army, whatever, they had a specific um, branch of, of, of people who mm. would travel through these gates. And um, they would travel all over the world, you know. How does that make you feel? Or the universe. How does it make me feel? Yeah, does it freak you out? Or, like, how, does it want you to be more open to the possibility of it being a reality? I think that since I'm into a lot of science fiction and a lot of, like, horror movies and, and shows and stuff like that that it pre- 
it opened my mind to a lot. Now, if I seen it physically, like right in front of me, that's a totally different story. But just sitting here and, and talking about it is, is, is extremely intriguing and, and interesting to me. I'm intrigued by it as well. But I do have a similar sentiment of if it's right in front of me, I am freaking the hell out. Yeah. Not because I don't believe, but I'm like, yo, it is true. Mm-hmm. You know, I see it with my own eyes. But I do believe I stand by, you know, not everything is visible to the eye. Yeah, because feeling is a, a totally different thing, too. Because when we were in New Orleans, the energy we felt down there, um, standing next to a 300, 400, 500-year-old tree, you know, a weeping willow right next to water, that was a very weird feeling. Like, you could feel the energy of the ages, the energy of the time. Like, you can feel that there. And, baby, some of these areas here are just as grand like that, Mm -hmm. you know? And... I'm curious to know, like, what certain places were beforehand because it could explain a lot of how people feel in certain areas mm-hmm. of our worlds <laughs> or how they react to certain situations or how they live and exist. And what if we were at a certain time, we did talk uh, telepathically, we did travel. Because how can, on one part of the the planet, you have the pyramids of Giza, Mm. and then on a whole other side of the planet, you have the Mayan pyramids, or you have the Great Wall in Zimbabwe, and you have like... The Great Wall in China, the Great Wall in Benin. All these different but similar places, like, was it... One group of people traveling the world and and bringing these these sciences and these knowledge to people, or were we all connected at one point in time? And how did we connect? We didn't have cellular phones back then. <laughs> That's a great question. I do want to interject and share that I definitely believe that people are traveling before Europeans did. People mm. are traveling. I think that the ability had always been a way that we traded and learned about each other's cultures. Mm-hmm. But the only difference is nobody wanted to take anything from anyone. They just wanted to be curious and see what was mm. there. Um, but yeah, those are great questions. I would love to know as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Very interesting topic. Yeah. So check out or listen out or. Stay on the lookout for (laughs) part two. For part two. All right, people. um, This is the conclusion to a very interesting, strange phenomenon. Um, Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, comment. Um, Comment on Apple. We need it. This is how the podcast gets out there to the rest of everyone in the world. And um, thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Peace.